stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to the Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm going solo once again to talk about an area that isn't getting much talk, actually. These are stocks that aren't in the news, that everybody is kind of ignoring. These are the stocks that I like to call the hidden gems, and I've covered them, some of them, in the past as hidden gems, but they're still hidden and they're still gems. A lot of them have reported earnings now, and once again, it's been real good for them. So, you know, there's always a lot of information out on the internet, and a lot of investors think that everything is known now. There there can't be anything kind of hidden or secret because everyone on the internet has the access to all the same information. So, you know, back in the day, they used to say, of course, investors like Warren Buffett had advantages in the 60s and the 70s because everybody didn't know about these companies that he knew about. Remember, he would order the annual report. Yes, you had to like actually call the company or write them and order the annual report and get it delivered in the mail. So he would get stacks of these just in companies that he was interested in to see if maybe he wanted to invest there because that's where he found all the financial information. And he used to store these, I I believe, in his garage, in like stacks in his garage um, because they were so vital to him. Maybe he consulted them more than once because obviously they were annual. So they only came out once a year. And the companies went to big a lot of big trouble back then to make the annual reports really interesting. They were like these big glossy things, like kind of like a catalog way back in the day. This is going to date me now, but some companies like Starbucks used to send a shareholder Starbucks card, like special, specially designed in there. And that was always kind of like a fun thing to get. And I think And I'm not 100% sure on this, but I thought like way back in the day, Disney used to send like coupons or something special to their shareholders as well. But now that we don't get anything in the mail, like, like we're no longer getting all these nice little things for being shareholders. But you can obviously still get the annual reports on the internet. And so everybody just assumes now that it's easy, everybody knows about all the companies that are out there publicly traded and that nothing can kind of be hidden from the street or the masses of investors. But that's not actually true. And that's because so much energy is focused on these big market cap companies or the glamour, the glitz and the glam ones, the retailers, the restaurants, the tech companies, social media, obviously. These are the ones everybody's talking about. So they get all all the oxygen, basically. They get everybody on stock twits talking about them, and then you'll get some other publicly traded company that's not in one of those areas, and there's only, you know, 200 people following it on stock twits or maybe even under 100 on stock twits, and nobody says anything. They report earnings. Nobody cares, but you should because some of these are outstanding investment opportunities. And um, I like to bring them to your attention, which I'm doing today. And sometimes even I just stumble across them. Like I'm looking at earnings charts as I do every week during earnings season. And I see one on the earnings surprise chart 
that is amazing, you know, that has been rising. And then I'm always shocked, like, how come I didn't know about this company? So some of those are the ones I'm going to bring you today. And these stocks are ones that have done well over the past, say, five years or so. These aren't the companies that have run into trouble and then, you know, have a value kind of component to them or everybody's fleeing them. So some people, some investors are aware of these companies because the shares have been doing really well. So they don't want the secret to get out, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But they have been cashing in. And so some of these companies are ones that they might even be in your hometown, like one of these is. It's in my hometown here in Chicago. And I didn't even know about it. It's never even written about in the local media or in the Chicago Tribune even. It's just kind of ignored but. It shouldn't be. And so, a lot of these aren't even small caps. Like I could kind of understand if you have a market cap of 200 million or 500 million, why no one's paying attention to you. But a lot of these are mid caps or even larger and almost nobody is paying attention. And certainly investors aren't, as I said. So these are overlooked, but they're hidden gems and they shouldn't be, but I'm going to reveal what they are to you here today. So the first stock is in an area that many of you might find boring because I I did or kind of do, but it's booming, so we shouldn't be bored by it. And these are the timeshare companies. Yes, I know. Timeshares, what? Tracy, no. Those are, again, boring. But when the economy is good, the global economy and the U.S. economy, people travel. They go on vacations. They go to Hawaii. They go to Mexico. They go to Florida. And then they're staying at maybe a condo resort type of place. And then they realize, hey, I might want to come back to Hawaii every year and maybe I should buy one of these timeshares because I love this resort. I love this beach it's on. And I want to be able to come every, you know, for two weeks every year or whatever the timeshares that you're buying. And um, then they do. So during good economic times, the timeshare companies boom, and they have been the last couple of years. So the first company is Marriott Vacations Worldwide. It's tickers VAC. Now, this is different than Marriott International. That's now a separate company. This is just the timeshare wing of it. So they have a market cap of $3.7 billion, and they just reported earnings. They just beat again. There's only three estimates. We only have three estimates on them. So you can kind of see that the analysts aren't really following this sector at all. Just three estimates. And for full year 2017, their contract sales were up 11%. In North America, which is their biggest, overwhelmingly their biggest market, it was up 13%. And while that was good... They were expecting 14 to 16%, but Hurricanes Irma and Maria both impacted sales there in the fourth quarter. So it brought the number down a bit, but still 13% even after getting the hurricane impacts. So people weren't traveling down there. They weren't buying the timeshares as frequently during that quarter, but that should rebound in um, 2018 a bit. They have a lot of cash on hand, 409 million cash on hand, and they are very shareholder friendly. They're already doing share buybacks with a lot of their free cash flow and dividends. So they have a dividend yield of 1.1%, which isn't huge, but at least you're getting something there. And they just recently said that they amended their agreement with Marriott International. So 
you can go in and read like what all the agreement is with that, but it's kind of a big deal because this allows them access to Marriott International's reservation system, to Marriott.com, and also to the rewards program. So that's a big deal. And you can go in and see like what they had to give up and what they got in the negotiations on that. But 2018 contract sales growth, they see 7 to 12%. That's a little bit conservative, but coming off a real hot year, these are, you know, on top of what they did this year. But I'm not surprised. I followed this company for a while because I own them in the value investor portfolio. So they always come out, you know, conservative on those contract sales, and then they adjust as the year goes along. The PE is 23.3, so no longer much of a value it was when we bought it, though, but still has a nice growth component. So these shares are up 45% in the last year. The S&P 500 is up about 17 in that time period, so also quite strong for the S&P, but 45% over that time period. So I like the timeshares. I still like this story. Another one you might want to just keep on your list, I'll mention quickly, is Hilton Grand Vacations. This is HGV, HGV, V as in Victor, also separate from Hilton. They were actually spun off not that long ago, I want to say maybe 2016, um, but maybe even 2017. I can't remember exactly. Some of the insiders bought in right after the spinoff because the shares sold off because again, timeshares, eh, boring, but shouldn't be. These shares now up 43% over the last year. They haven't reported yet. They're reporting on February 28th. So if you're listening to this after February 28th, 2018, they've already reported. So go in and check out how well they've done But it's the same business model as Marriott Vacations, you know, timeshares globally and big in North America. So like the timeshares, this is an area you should be investigating. The second area is um, basically the industrial names that aren't the names like GE that you just know off the top of your head, but that are doing things that we use every day, basically. So the second company is called John Bean Technologies. The ticker is JBT. I might have mentioned it on one of the podcasts in the past. I know I've mentioned it on Hidden Gems videos because it remains a hidden gem. And this is the one that's headquartered here in my home city of Chicago that I had never heard of. This is the one that's never mentioned in the media. They should be. Someone at John Bean get on that right away. Their market cap is $3.5 billion. So again, they're not a small cap. This is a mid cap. But they are in three areas. So they have food tech aerotech and automated systems. So what does that mean? Whenever you mention like these industrial manufacturing, you're always like, I have no idea. Like what does aerotech mean? So I always have to go in, look around, actually see what their products are. So on food tech side, they do a lot of the systems that ready food for the marketplace. That's how I would put it. So pasteurizers, filling systems for juices. So if you buy that juicer beverage, how are they getting it into the can or the bottle? They do ovens, cookers. And another example would be, think about that baby spinach you buy at the supermarket when it's in the bag, the fresh baby spinach. A lot of them already say like already washed on there. And maybe you never thought about it, but like, how does it get already washed? I think about it because some of the bags, they they say, you know, you have to wash this. Other ones, they say like, you can eat this right out of it. How does it get like that? Well, this John Bean has 
equipment that does fruit and vegetable washing and sterilizing and all of that stuff. So this is a big market. And so that's huge for them. And then they have Aerotech, which again, sounds all funky, but this will make sense when you realize it's ground support at airports. So how does your luggage get from the conveyor belt onto the plane? You know, those little trucks they drive around with the baggage thing behind. That's what these guys make. Um, They also do the gate equipment. So you can get off the plane. Um, You know, I forget the name of what that is, but the little thing that comes out and you get on it, you know, it connects to the plane right up to the door. They make those. So that's big market as well especially as the airports are expanding or new airports are being built in emerging market countries. And then the automated systems are like trailer loading and unloading and things like that. Whatever you would think automated would be they're doing in on the industrial side. So these guys reported already revenue up 21% in 2017. 2018 outlook revenue growth of between 10 and 13% with their organic side of 7 and 8%. So that's real strong on organic. And um, they just acquired in 2017 this company called Avour. I'm probably saying it wrong. Sorry. Sorry, people. But that's high pressure processing solutions. So that's mainly for beverages, I think. So when you get those drinks that are need to be high pressurized into there, that's what they bought. So that's interesting acquisition. So they are very active on acquisitions and expanding their business that way. So they had record margins in the fourth quarter of 2017. They did say that they're going to see 18 to 20 cents on earnings gains due to the tax reform. So they are going to benefit from the tax reform. And they're announcing a new restructuring program in 2018, but those details won't come until the first quarter earnings release. So you got to wait a little bit because they just did fourth quarter. So maybe, I don't know, that'll be probably April or so. So these shares over the last year up 30% now. They're not cheap, though. You are buying the growth story with this one. Earnings expected to grow 20% in 2018, according to the estimates that we have. And the PE is now 32 times. So no, not too cheap here, but it is a growth play. You get a little bit of dividend, just 0.3%, but a little bit of shareholder friendliness there. But this is an interesting play. And um, it's also very hidden. John Bean Technologies, JBT. Okay, then we're going to switch over to an area I know I've talked about both on the value investor Maybe not so much on the Market Edge podcast here, but it's uh, the rental equipment side. This continues to be a really hot area. And as the U.S. economy gains strength and we keep building hotels and casinos and hospitals or any of these big non-residential projects, even commercial real estate of any kind, these companies are cashing in and they continue to say that this has been strong. So the first one is United Rentals. URI is the ticker. This is the bigger one. They are the largest rental equipment company in North America. They do have business in Canada as well. And um, they have a big market cap, $15 billion, So this is a big cap. I own this one in my personal portfolio and I have for a while. And yes, I, I followed it all the way down to like $55. <laughs> and I was like, meh, I'm already getting killed because I think I bought it at like $120 a share or somewhere around there, definitely over 100 
It uh, sold off big when energy sold off, even though that was only about 5 to 6% of their revenue, but everybody panicked and the shares got crushed down and it was a buying opportunity there if you were so inclined, but I still like it now. So it's rebounded well off there. It did pull back just recently in the stock market correction we had. So that was another buying opportunity. Some people on StockTwits were actually telling me like, oh, bye-bye 180, never see that again. And I think we're, we're close to 180 again. So I don't know where that guy went, but he's out of the scene because the business is just good here. Earnings expected to be up, get this, 45% in 2018 on top of a really strong 2017. PE is just 11 um, with this company. Now it is cyclical. So when things start to slow down, so will their earnings growth. And that always happens. These big equipment companies are always cyclical, but they do a lot of rental out. And then when the company's slow, obviously they don't rent as much. So you have to be aware of that. But one of their competitors, H&E Equipment Services, who I have talked about in the past, like I said as well, their ticker is H-E-E-S. They just reported and they gave another strong report. And they said that if we get an infrastructure program from the federal government which remains kind of up in the air still. No one knows really the direction that's going to go. But if we get one, that could extend the cycle that these companies are always on. But they too just said they saw really strong non-residential construction going on. And so they too are seeing really strong numbers. They're slightly more expensive. They have a P of 21 times, but they pay a dividend yielding 2.8%, which is pretty nice, actually. United Rentals pays no dividend. This is a small, small player. They have a market cap of just $1.4 billion. So if you wanted to go smaller here, but you're getting a dividend, you could. We only have three estimates for 2018, so it kind of tells you what is going on. There's a lot more for United Rentals because they're the bigger player. But um, H&E Equipment, nobody knows about them or what they're doing. Only three estimates, two are up in the last week since that earnings report. So shares for them in the last year up 47% in the last year. And then shares for United Rental up about the same now, up 45%. But they did have a pullback when the stock market correction happened. So if we get another stock market correction, which we're likely to get at some point again, these are companies you might want to keep in mind and keep on your radar for getting in maybe a little bit cheaper, but the story's still really good with the economy this strong. And then switching to kind of um, the discretionary buying area. So this next stock is in something you don't have to have, but when the economy is going well, you will buy it. Although I caveat that by saying that if you live in a super warm environment, um, and climate, you may have to have this item. So it's called Pool Corporation. Yes, Pool, P-O-O-L is the ticker. And they are the world's largest distributor of swimming pool supplies and equipment. They have 160,000 products. They are worldwide, South America, North America, Australia, and Europe. And basically, they do everything for your pool and jacuzzi type of things that you could want, including fencing and things like that. So they're all over the place. Um, market cap is $5.7 billion. So again, it's a mid cap. It's not small. They do pay a dividend with a 1% yield. They're not as cheap as they used to be, but uh, PE is 26. But you are paying for the growth here. 
They just reported 2017 results, and it was a record year, not surprising given that the global economy is now heating up. So 2017 annual sales up 8%, so the sales up 8% for the year, but quarter, fourth quarter, up 15%. So things started to heat up at the end of the year. They saw record margins, record earnings, and so they guided higher for 2018. So if 2017 was a record for the earnings, 2018 certainly will be. The analysts are now looking even higher than what the guidance range was. So the company guided earnings growth between 27 and 33%. So that's pretty strong here. Um, And coming off a record year, I'd say that's pretty good. And three estimates are all higher for 2018 now, and they're looking for 37% earnings growth. So real strong across the board. Um, What was big in 2017 was pool remodeling and equipment replacement, they said. So um, just like home remodeling, if you have extra money on hand and your job is going well or you got a pay raise um, or your stocks are all hitting new highs, well, you might spend on that pool. You might remodel it just like you might remodel that kitchen. And um, so this is big for these kinds of companies. So I would um, keep this one in mind as well. Year to date, um, not quite as good. Well, sorry, I take the back. Not year to date. One year return is 20.5%. But that's still beating the S&P 500 is up 17. It did pull back a little bit off of this recent earnings report. So it was actually higher. But this pullback could be um, an opportunity to kind of check out these shares if you are interested in some of these discretionary purchase areas. I've talked a lot about the... Um, the uh, RVs and that area, Airstream on the RV side, which is owned by Thor Industries, that one I know I've talked about, tickers T-H-O on Thor, Airstream just said they're going to build another plant in Ohio and they're going to hire a couple hundred people there because the demand is so high for those cute Airstreams. (laughs) Millennials are buying those and in addition to the baby boomers, probably some Gen X in there too, to take them to those national parks on their vacations and you can just, you know, camp out right in your Airstream and they're fairly affordable. It's not as expensive as the big RVs are. So that's a hot area too, much like pools. Um, These areas will do well as long as the economy is still growing and strengthening. So those are just some of the areas I find, but I find more as I go along. So you need to be sure to follow me on Twitter too, because you can kind of see where I find the hidden gems on Twitter a lot of times, because I'll tweet out like, wow, I can't believe this this chart, look how beautiful it is. Nobody's ever heard of this company. (laughs) And it will be some random company you most likely have not heard of. But a lot of these are hidden gems. Like I said, these are not the ones that have gotten beat up for some reason or are now in a turnaround plan. Like these are ones where they're basically crushing it and nobody even knows about them. So um, I love when that happens. And um, I love finding companies that are just kind of doing their thing and they don't have to market themselves like John John Bean. They're not marketing themselves. They're just doing what they do really well. So I want to own those kind of companies. Um, some of these are values. Some of these are growth. But they all have growth components. And I love that. So let's recap the stocks again. So we started off with the timeshares. Those tickers are for Marriott Vacations, VAC. 
Then we had Hilton Grand Vacations, HGV. Then we had John Bean Technologies, JBT. And then we had the rental companies, United Rentals, URI. And then um, H&E Equipment Services, H-E-E-S is that ticker. And then we had Pool Corporation, P-O-O-L. And I mentioned Thor. Um, They haven't reported yet, so you might want to check that out. They're reporting in March. The ticker is T-H-O. And remember, there's more to investing and good investments than just the FANG stocks out there. All these companies are crushing it too. Look around. What companies are in your town? Who is hiring? You know, when I was um, preparing this podcast, I was looking around at all their like career pages um, just to kind of see what was going on. And so like Pool Corporation, for instance, they have a they have a thing right on their front page of their website that says we're looking for talented people and they have like a picture and everything um, because they're definitely looking and they have 110 job openings. I don't know if those are worldwide. I kind of skimmed through them. A lot of them were across the United States, but um, that's quite a few openings. And obviously Airstream, like I said, Thor Industries just said they're going to be hiring. They've been desperate in Indiana. So this will be at an Ohio plant for them. But yeah, like these are the the little tidbits you need to be looking at, who's hiring and what else is going on at those companies in your towns. So be sure to look at those. And as always, I will be bringing you more stock picks with some of my colleagues the next time um, here on the Market Edge. And so make sure you don't miss any of our stock tips or just our market chatter here at the Market Edge. You can subscribe on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, of course, and you can also get us on SoundCloud. So be sure to get us every week, and I'll be back next week with more stock tips.